0: God bless you, my beloved. Good morning. This is Minister S.N. Crockett, Jr., Jesus Christ, our Lord, Christian Fellowship. Coming to you once again with our second weekly installment of The Truth of the Gospel, The Truth of the Gospel. I hope you got a chance to listen to us last night from 9 till about 1030 as we talked about uh, our response to Candace Owens' assessment of uh, George Floyd. If you didn't catch that, go to our YouTube channel or go to our Facebook page, or you can catch it on Anchor Podcast. Even though it lasted more than an hour, I, I caught the whole broadcast. I taped the whole broadcast on Anchor. You can only tape for uh, um, one hour at a time. So as it finished taping on Anchor Podcasting, I, I started taping again. So you've got, a, you've got several choices. Anchor Podcast, YouTube, or Facebook Live. And again, I responded, that was my part one response. I gave the social response and the constitutional response to Candace Owens. Uh, She said that uh, we we should not celebrate George Floyd. He was a thug. She went back to his criminal record, uh, which I thought was very unfortunate because we've all made mistakes. And I made the point that I don't worship George Floyd as a hero. But his death is is like a metaphor, a call to... Arms, not literal arms, although there are some who are tired there are some who are tired of nonviolence there are, there are some who are tired of thoughts and prayers, there are some who are tired of all these hashtag gestures, and they' are ready to take up arms and so I hope that the uh, that the um empathy and sympathy that we're experiencing from white people around the world I hope it's enduring. I'm not going to be here and sit here and be cynical and negative and say it's not. But I hope it's enduring, because as humans, we do tend to get amnesia. And I made the point yesterday. I said, now these people, 18, 25, 30, 35, 40, etc., these same white people who are saying black lives matter now, hopefully they'll say black lives matter in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years when they apply for a job and a black person who's just as or more qualified gets that job. Hopefully they'll say black lives matter when their son brings home a white fiance. Or their daughter brings home a black fiance. Hopefully, they'll say Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, going forward, not just in the streets but in the suites. As Jose Williams said, he said we've got to take the movement back from the suites back to the streets. Hopefully, Black Lives will continue, will, will continue to matter not just in the streets, but once we make it back to the suites. And so. There's a lot of work that has to be done because those those protests are going to eventually end. They're not going to continue indefinitely. They're going to have to eventually end, and once they end, as Martin Luther King would say, where do we go from here, then what? But it's not just white people who have a lot of work to do. It's also African Americans, Africans and African Americans who have a lot of work to do. Again, Dr. King said in his um, uh, sermon, Remaining away Through a Great Revolution, he said... Uh, um, now that doors are opening, he was talking about it in the 1950s and 60s, he said, now the doors are opening, African Americans have to be ready to go through those doors. So Dr. King didn't just, he didn't preach a mushy, uh, you know, give us, give us, give us, give us, give us, but he also preached and taught social or corporate and personal responsibility. He said, now the doors are opening, we've got to be ready to go through those doors, he made the comment, he said, it's not going to be enough to be a good Negro teacher, a good Negro barber or or, or beautician, a good Negro preacher, a good Negro business person, a good Negro uh, real estate. He, he was saying, now we've got to be willing and able to deal with the whole world. We've got, to be willing and, we've got to be willing and able to deal with the whole world. He said, now that integration, of course, again, this is in the context of the 1950s and 60s, he said that we've got to be really, we can't just deal in the Negro, which was the common word used then. We can't just deal in the Negro setting. But now he said it, it's not going to be enough to be a good Negro uh, accountant, etc., a good Negro lawyer. Uh, I, I, I apply that to myself as a preacher and a teacher. I can't just be a preacher or teacher in a Negro church. I can't just preach and teach the Negro style of hooping, etc. Suppose the Lord wants me to preach in Russia or teach in China or preach in France, or teach in South Africa, or preach in uh, Germany, or teach in Canada. I can't just be a good Negro preacher or teacher. I've got to be able to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter what setting I'm in. So anyway, we hope that these are going to be some um, long-lasting effects. Uh, I'm amazed, as as many are, at the white support, uh, young white people, Middle age, older white people, etc. I'm I'm amazed. I hope it's a moving of the Holy Spirit. I hope it's a move of God. I hope there's a positive outcome. I hope I hope I hope that this is um, not just window dressing. It doesn't appear to be. But only time will tell. Again, I'm not going to be negative or cynical, uh, but only time will tell. Because as humans, we do tend to get amnesia about certain things. Uh, the Bible even says that the apostles often had to remind their disciples let me remind you about what i taught you you know x amount of years ago uh, about jesus christ etc so anyway we're going to continue our study uh, in ephesians this morning chapter one we left off at verses 13 and 14 we're going to pick up there i'm going to try to finish the chapter if not i'll come close to it and if, if we don't finish we'll pick up lord willing thursday at 8 p.m i did give what i my response to Candace Owens was part one. That was the social, and then I went to the Constitution. So I gave a social constitutional argument. My part two argument will be a spiritual, scriptural rebuttal of what she said. And uh, I'll give that part two argument. I don't know when. I'm not going to give a date because then I, that's going to you know, box me in. Uh, it may be next week. It may not. It may not be for two or three weeks. I don't know. But I gave the part one argument last night, the social argument, and then I went to the constitutional argument. I covered most of the amendments to the Constitution and showed how those amendments have not been fairly applied and consistent, consistently applied to the black man, to African Americans, uh the first, the second, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, I may have mentioned the eighth, I can't remember. Then I went into the um, what I call the Slave Amendments, the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, and then I skipped up, I think, to the 24th Amendment, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, if, if you get a chance, uh, check it out. You don't have to listen to the whole thing or the whole thing at one time. It is rather lengthy. That was part one. Part two, <coughs> I'm going to come from the from the Bible. What does the Lord say? about these matters, about how we should treat one another, especially since we're all made in the image of God. White people are not made in the image of God and then black people, to the exclusion of black people. There there was a very pernicious, and I don't want to get too much into it because i got to get into Ephesians, but there was a very damnable pernicious doctrine taught during the time of slavery. It was called pre atomism right? Those of us who are Christian evangelicals, if you will, those of us who are Christian we believe that Adam and Eve were the first two individuals, to uh, uh, human individuals, I should say, to uh, live on the earth. That God created Adam and then created Eve after he had created, created everything else, the animals, etc. We believe, those of us who, be, who, who believe in a literal interpretation of the Bible. But there was a teaching during the time of slavery: you, you cannot enslave someone unless you convince that person that he or she is inferior. You, can't, you cannot enslave someone uh, and, and, and have that person believe that you are equals. It's not going to work. so in order to uh, enslave the black man, there was this doctrine called pre atomism and this doctrine was taught in many white churches, not, not, not just in the scientific community, but in many white churches. It was taught that the black man came from a, a pre-adamic lower life form uh some life form bestial life form that existed on earth before Adam it's called pre-adamism and when you get a chance to look it up just type in uh google pre-adamism and it's going to pull that uh, up and, 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 a pernicious a damnable doctrine that said the black man is inferior because he didn't come from Adam and Eve he came from 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 some bestial uh individual Pre-atomism, and and this was taught not just in the scientific community, but see, it, it, you had the scientific community fighting against you. You had the uh, social community, including the police, fighting against you. You had the political community fighting against you. But you also had the uh, the religious community, the Christian churches, fighting against you. And see, it wasn't just a couple of drunken yahoos on a Friday night, you know, having too much to drink, but when the police were clann the sheriff's clan and the supreme court and the president was showing birth of a nation you know president woodrow wilson when you had all these entities arrayed against you when you had all these principalities and powers arrayed against you then that was problematic that's why i do it it had to be the holy spirit who used martin luther king rosa park and others to break that yoke the, the bible says the anointing breaks that yoke and it had to be the lord because that was that was a vicious yoke. And uh, we can't go back. All right. Anyway, God bless you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bless you. We thank you. We glorify you through your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory, power, majesty, and dominion, both now and forever. We thank you for the privilege of mentioning his blessed name, the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. We continue to pray concerning not only the COVID-19 situation, but we continue to pray concerning this Black Lives Matter movement. Etc. We pray that uh, this empathy this newfound empathy and sympathy We pray that they are authentic that they are real and that blacks and whites uh, Will fulfill the prophetic hope of dr. Martin Luther King jr. When he said little black boys and little black girls sitting at the table of brotherhood, we, we pray that we will uh, realize that white supremacy is a lie and that it cannot that we cannot prosper if we are a divided nation We continue to pray Lord for our president, for those leaders, we pray that you will open the eyes of their understanding that they may see. That they should not fight against this progress, but that they should embrace it. We pray, Lord God, that your good, acceptable, and perfect will be done through Jesus Christ. I pray that the words I speak today concerning the Ephesians, I pray that they will be uplifting, edifying, Lord. To your people, we, we, we rejoice in the reports that we're hearing, Lord, about churches being sustained uh, if through offerings, et cetera, in the midst of the uh, COVID pandi- pandemic. We praise you and glorify you. We know it's your church, Lord. It's your body, Jesus. And we know that, that you're not going to allow your body. You said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And so we know if the gates of hell don't prevail, that other gates would not prevail either, including the gates of destruction, financial destruction. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for answering that prayer, Lord. You're the only true and living God. We didn't pray under any other God because they wouldn't have been able to hear us because they are idols, they are the wicked works they are the wicked works of men's wicked imaginations we thank you through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen and amen, alright, God bless you my beloved God bless you, we're going to go into Ephesians chapter 1 and we're going to pick up at verse 13, I'm just going to hit on verses 13 and 14 for a few minutes because I covered those already, this is just a, a slight review, All right. let me read first, Ephesians one thirteen, fourteen. 14. In whom you also trusted, talking about the Lord, right? In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Paul is giving the steps that it took to be saved. You trusted in Jesus after you heard the gospel, right? Faith comes by hearing you trusted in jesus after you heard the gospel the word of truth not just my truth you know people talk today about walk in your truth no paul says the word of truth the gospel the good news concerning jesus the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that you believed it's not enough to hear the gospel you've got to believe the gospel after you believe paul said you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise that's why your salvation is eternal because you were sealed God has hermetically sealed all believers. We're sealed. No one can break that seal. No one can break that seal except God Almighty. And he's not going to break it. No demon, no preacher, no bishop, no pope, no prelate, no pontiff, nobody. Nobody can break that seal except God Almighty. That's why our salvation is eternal through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he says, "In whom also you trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that holy spirit of promise then he says in verse 14 which is a continuation of 13 he says which is the earnest of our inheritance he says the holy spirit is god's down payment so if god is giving a down payment he's going to make good on everything else just like if you want to buy a house you put up earnest money and you're not getting that earnest money back if you change your mind about oh we don't want this house you're not getting that ten thousand twenty thirty thousand back of, of earnest money and the bible says in verse 14 the holy spirit is the earnest of our inheritance it's the earnest like earnest money e-a-r-n-e-s-t the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession until the lord comes to redeem us until he comes to change the, our corruptible bodies into incorruption and our mortal bodies into immortality which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. All right, so that those are verses 13 and 14. That's where we last left off. Uh, let's see, today is Sunday, so we last left off there. That had to be Thursday. All right, now we're going to go into verses 15. I'll see if I can finish uh, chapter 1, but if not, then we'll just finish it on Thursday. Now it's Bendy week. the Egg Machine. Mm-hmm, say what? Bendy the Egg Machine. Okay, all right. All right, so let me read 15 through 23, and then we'll take it from there. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. speaking to these Ephesian Christians. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. When he raised raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Fire above all. He exalted Jesus. He bodily raised him from the dead. Fire above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come there is an age to come the jews call it the messianic age there is an age to come beyond this world and he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head who gave jesus to be the head over all things to the church we are the church we are the body of christ he is the head he's the supreme head of the church and gave him to be head, be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So I've read from the King James Version. That was Ephesians 15 through 23. So let's go into 15 through 23, see if we can finish it today. And again, if we don't finish, we just don't finish. All right, verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. I'm I'm impressed by that. Obviously it's the word of God. But I'm impressed that the, the Holy Apostle did not use superficial, a superficial measuring stick to measure the Ephesian Christian's uh Christian walk. He didn't say, I'm impressed that you went from eight uh eighteen members to eighteen thousand members in just three years. He he, he didn't say I'm impressed that in, at your website. I'm impressed at your Christian Academy. He didn't say I'm impressed that 75% of your preachers have graduate seminary degrees he said i'm impressed by the faith and love that you have toward the saints he was impressed by fruit of the holy spirit he didn't say oh i'm impressed that y'all were able to get uh, a very low interest rate on that land that you bought so you could build a new church he was not impressed by the things that impress us he said wherefore also after i heard of your faith in the lord jesus and love unto all the saints so when the bible in galatians talks about fruit of the holy spirit in galatians uh, chapter five and in first in second peter chapter one when the bible talks about the fruit of the holy spirit faith and love then he, he mentions faith and love in first corinthians 13 and now abides these three these three things faith hope and love the greatest of these being love so paul says oh i'm impressed by your Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, right? Jesus is the subject as well as the object of our faith. I was impressed, Paul said, by the faith that you have in Jesus, but also by the love that you have toward the saints, toward the household of God. The Bible says, do good unto all men, but especially unto the household of faith. So the holy apostle uses two fruit of the Holy Spirit to authenticate their most holy their most holy faith. Verse, verse 15. Verse 16. Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you. I make mention of you in my prayers. The holy apostle is overjoyed. He's so overjoyed, he's like a proud father rejoicing in the accomplishments of his successful children. He's like a father watch, watching his children walk across the graduation stage. He's like a father watching his daughter or his son get married. He's like a father watching his children Uh, um, um, succeed in the world glory to the lamb of God verse 17 he says I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom see he's speaking to people who are Christians but he says now even though you're Christians even though you're saved We have to continue. We have to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we automatically have wisdom. The spirit of revelation and the knowledge of him. Our religion is a religion of revelation. Jesus said to Peter, when Peter uh, confessed that Jesus is Messiah, Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that unto you, Peter. There's no need in you patting yourself on the back. But my Father, who is in heaven, revealed that unto you. And I say unto you, you are Peter. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So our religion is a religion of revelation. You can't even come to God. You can't even come to Christ unless he is revealed unto you by the Holy Spirit. You can't. You can't. We... We, we have nothing to boast about. He's going to say in chapter two, by grace, you are saved through faith and that not of yourself. There's nothing in our salvation that is of us. It's strictly a working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is strictly the mercy and grace of almighty God. Grace, G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. We cannot we have nothing to brag about. There is nothing that we can brag about. God says, I'll have I'll have mercy on who I'll have mercy and I'll have compassion on who I'll have compassion. We have nothing to brag about. It's strictly a moving, a working of the Holy Spirit. Like Lydia, the Bible says God opened her heart to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It is strictly a preordained Predestined, predestinated, I believe the correct word is, working of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of men. If you don't want to accept that, you don't have to. That's Bible. Matter of fact, it's a it's a theme that's very uh um, heavily used here in the Ephesian letter. It's 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 a preordained, predestined working of God in the lives of men. God was and what God was in Christ, the Bible says, reconciling the world unto himself. God knew Adam and Eve would sin. He didn't make them sin, but he knew they would sin because he's God. He knows all things. God knew Adam and Eve would sin. He knew it because he's God. He knows all things. He's omnipotent, all-powerful, but he's also omniscient. He's all-knowing. He has complete knowledge. I like to read Isaiah 46. I like to read Isaiah 46 and 10. Listen to what the Lord says in Isaiah 46 and 10 concerning his supernatural Perfect knowledge. The Lord says, and I'm going to start at verse 9. Isaiah 46 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. He says in verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning. That's why Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. I'm the Almighty. Jesus said that. Some people say Jesus never claimed to be God. He said, I'm the Almighty. What does that mean? Almighty means there's no one greater than I am. I'm Almighty. I'm not very mighty. I'm Almighty. I'm the 1990s Chicago Bulls, (laughs) is what the Lord Jesus is saying. I'm Almighty. So God says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall, shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. God is almighty. He's almighty. He's almighty. All right. So verse 17, let me read it again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Hallelujah. We need wisdom because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're automatically wise. You've done stupid things as a Christian. I know I have. The Bible tells us to walk in wisdom. The Bible says, seek the wisdom of of the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God In, in Jesus are the treasures of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Paul says, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So the holy apostle prays, uh, what he prays for is so needed by the entire body of our Lord Jesus Christ, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Again, our religion is a religion of revelation. Our religion is not just a religion of chanting. Our religion is not just a religion of good works. Our religion is not just a religion of meditation, although we are called upon to meditate upon the scriptures, etc. Our religion is a religion of revelation because we serve the only God who is able to reveal things to us. Jesus said, When the Holy Spirit comes, He will show you things to come. He will take of mine and will give it or show it unto you our religion is a religion of revelation we serve the god of the universe we serve the lord according to isaiah 46:10 who knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning he's the first and the last he's the alpha and he's he's the omega he's the beginning and he's the end so paul says remember paul at one time was persecuting the church he was ignorant but then when he met jesus on the road to damascus after that he began to preach jesus christ in other words, he couldn't preach Jesus Christ unless Jesus Christ had been revealed unto him. He was the persecutor of the church. He it's part of his testimony. I persecuted the church. I persecuted the saints even unto strange cities. And while he was on his way to Damascus, Syria, the Lord Jesus knocked him off of his beast. Paul, Saul, Saul, why you why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom you persecute. What's going on here? And from there, Paul went on, Saul went on, was baptized, et cetera, filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and straightway, which means immediately he began to preach Jesus in the synagogues, that he's the Son of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. So our religion is a religion of revelation. But even though you're saved, continue to pray that the Lord would give, would, would give you a spirit of revelation. But you have to do your part. You've got to study God's Word. You have to have an effective, active prayer life. And God wants to reveal his son more and more so that Jesus Christ can be formed within us. All right. Verse 18. Paul says, and this is a continuation of verse 17. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be, um, be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul says, I'm praying for you, you saved. But now let's take it to the next level. The eyes of our understanding need to be continually enlightened. We, you don't want to be a Christian and not not be continually enlightened. You want to be continually enlightened by the Holy Spirit, right? The eyes of our understanding need to be continually enlightened as we seek to grow in grace, right? Grace, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. As we grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So our, our eyes... Not our literal eyes, the eyes of our understanding. Oh, I love that. I love the way the King James puts it. The eyes of our understanding. Glory to the Lamb of God. The eyes of our understanding need to be continually enlightened as we seek to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may fully realize the blessed hope. Jesus, that blessed hope. The blessed hope of his calling in our lives. We have a calling. You have a, everybody has a calling. Every Christian has a calling doesn't mean you have to wear a collar doesn't mean you have to wear a robe it doesn't mean that you have to sit in the pulpit everybody has a calling my calling is the teaching ministry that's my calling, my calling is to teach that is my calling, to teach now if the Lord does something at a later time something, you know, pastoral or whatever, or, you know, sit in another office he can do that Martin Luther King started out as a pastor of a sleepy little church in a sleepy little town in Montgomery, Alabama he ended up a prophet to the nation and so the, the, you know Jeremiah and, and other of these uh, men, they came out of the priesthood. They were trained to be priests. The priest goes to God on behalf of the people, offering up prayers and supplications and incense. And and and, 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 and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and others, they ended up being prophets. The prophet goes from God unto the people. So they started out as being priests. and a priest's job is relatively easy compared to the job of the prophet. The priest goes to God. Offering up prayers, incense, etc. The prophet has a much harder job. He has to go to the people and say, "This is what the Lord says." Even though the people generally they don't want to hear. It's like listening to Dr. Fauci. Nobody wants to hear social distancing. Everybody wants to go to the beach, or everybody wants to go protest Black Lives Matter. Nobody wants to listen to the prophet, the medical prophet, Dr. Fauci, etc. So the prophet goes to the people on behalf of God. And so my point is we all have a calling, but just because your calling is, uh, just because you're in such and such a, a situation now in 2020, doesn't mean that you'll be that in that same setting in 2022 or 2025. We just don't know. I don't know. I know that I'm called to teach the body of Christ, but you know, I don't know what, I don't know what the Lord is going to do. He did. I don't know what he's, where I'll be, uh, in, in, uh, two years. If, if Christ doesn't return first, I don't know. But I, I do know I plan to be prepared with a, a life of uh, sanctified living, etc. All right. So he prays the eyes of our understanding need to be con- uh, anyway the eyes of our understanding need to be continually enlightened as we seek to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, so that we may fully realize the blessed hope of His calling in our lives. What are the uh, riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Listen to that. The Riches of the glory. Of our, we are joint heirs with Jesus. The Bible says we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Why? Because we've been called to suffer with him that, that Jesus, the image of Jesus, may be formed within us. So whatever Jesus inherits, we're going to inherit. So when we read the second Psalm about the father giving the inheritance to the son, when we read Hebrews about the father giving the inheritance to the son, guess who's, guess who's going to be joint heirs, Right. Jesus' name is not the only name on the will. Our name is on the will also. But remember, a will can only take effect after somebody dies. Somebody had to die for the will to take effect. Who died? Uh, Oh, it was Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Glory to the Lamb of God. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no will. There's no, there's no, um, the, the will cannot take effect. You may have a will where you're leaving your children stocks and bonds, money, whatever the case may be. But that will is 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 nothing but a piece of paper until you die. And once you die, people go to the reading of the will, and, and then that's where they find out that you left them your your 57 Chevy or your 69 Electra 225, known in the black community as a deuce and a quarter. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Okay. But listen to what Paul says. Let me read that one more time, then i want to make a connection to another spot in Ephesians. He says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints." saints now compare that to ephesians chapter four paul is going to say in ephesians chapter four he's going to say now y'all need to y'all need to watch out for certain people because y'all have accepted jesus but there are certain hard heads there's some higher heads who, who don't want to do it let me read ephesians four to you that now Compare what he said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, verse 17. Verses 17, uh, he talks about uh, after I heard of your faith in Jesus and love to the saints, I pray the Lord would give you a spirit of wisdom and knowledge and revelation in him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, etc. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now compare that to Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says that. God set uh, God set up a fivefold ministry, the the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, so that we may be spiritually perfected, that we may grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, that Jesus Christ may be formed within us, etc. But now listen to what he says in verse fourteen. He says that uh, what well, he says in verse thirteen, the Lord did all this so that we um, so that we can all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, which is Jesus unto a perfect man a mature individual unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ that we henceforth be no be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine see carried about with every wind of doctrine that's why we need the spirit of revelation and the knowledge of him so we won't be carried about with all these strange there are a lot of strange doctrines out there strange strange doctrines in the christian church they ain't just on the corner at the airport or something not just people burning incense in the airport or people selling you know bean bean pies on the corner i'm talking about there's some strange doctrines in the christian church that are that are festering like a sore like a wound and many people are embracing them paul says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men these satanic magicians and cunning craftiness who sounds like who's behind that satan cunning craftiness right genesis 3 the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made the serpent deceived eve through his subtlety paul says i i I pray that your hearts not be uh, deceived by the subtlety uh, from the simplicity of the gospel he said that to the corinthian christians he says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You hear that? But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, the body of Christ, you and me. And compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body. He's still talking about the body of Christ being nourished as the human body would be nourished. But listen to verses 17 to 19. This I say, therefore, I testify in the Lord that you henceforth not walk as you used to walk. Do not walk as your friends down the street who are not saved. Do not walk as other Gentiles walk in the emptiness of their minds having the understanding darkened. Remember, it said we were enlightened, the eyes of our understanding were, were in, uh, um, opened, right? We were in darkness, but God called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Remember, Paul says in Second Corinthians 4, verse 6, that the God who um, who said, let there be light in Genesis, that same commandment shined in our heart to call us out of darkness, to call us out of satanic darkness into the marvelous light of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he says here in verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Emptiness. Having the understanding darkened. See, we're in the light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Follow me. You won't walk in darkness. Having their understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God. Even though God came to save Jew and Gentile. Alienated from the life of God. Watch this. Through the ignorance that is in them. In, 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 in this case, willful ignorance. You, you, they don't want to hear the gospel. Because they want to do their own thing. They, they would rather live their own life for 90 years or 100 years. And then spend eternity separated from God. Than to live God's way for 90 years or 100 years. And spend eternity in the presence of God, Jesus, the holy apostles, the holy angels, the, all the saints. What a, what a pitiful trade-off. You would rather live your own life following your own lust, your own desires for 90 years, 100 years, 75 years, 70 years, whatever the case may be, and then spend eternity separated from Almighty God? Eternity, not, not, not you know, a thousand years, not a hundred years, even though that would be too long, also. A- eternity which means never ends just because you know is is, are your 90 years that important think about it now think now you're you're a rational thinking individual here you would rather live your own life you would rather deny the lord jesus christ and live your own life for 90 years and be lost for eternity why not do the smart thing and say, I'm going to live for the Lord. I believe in Jesus, that he died at the cross for my sins, and the Father bodily raised him from the dead. I believe that, and I'm going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ so I can dwell with him for eternity. It, it's just the smart thing to do. It, it's, just, it's just the smart thing to do. It, it, and, and, and being a rational, uh, not, not rational in the negative sense, but being a thinking individual, being a, an individual who wants to make the best decision, Surely that's what you want to do. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, there are some individuals, Paul said, they're past feeling. It's like if you took a hot iron and ran it over my hand, I would pull back in pain. But if you could tie me down and run that hot iron over my hand for a few minutes, eventually the nerve endings would be killed. And I would no longer feel the pain. That's what the Bible means when it says that some people have a conscience that's been seared by a by a been seared like um, being seared by a hot iron. Uh, there, there are some people. They're 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 just beyond. They're, they're just beyond. I believe, and one example would be the man who comes on TV, and uh, Ronald Reagan Jr. and he says, "I'm an atheist. I'm not. A, I'm not scared of going to hell and cut all this foolishness, you know, about God and Jesus." uh, You know, we need to have separation of church and state. And then at the end, he mocks. He says, "This is Ronald Reagan Jr., uh, an avowed atheist, uh, not 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 afraid of going to hell." And then he laughs. It's very possible he's he's beyond he's he's beyond the pale, as they say, Uh, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now. We could look up in two weeks and see that he's an apostle for Jesus Christ. Is not my place to say. But as, as his mind is right now, his conscience has been seared with a hot iron. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. You see, there are people who they would rather live 90 years in lasciviousness than eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness, which is just a big word for unbridled lust. To work all uncleanness with greediness then paul says but you have not so learned christ let's continue verse 19 what is the and and i'm praying that you will know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power verse 19 let's see if we can finish ephesians chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 let me read verse 20 which he which he wrought in christ wrought which he worked in christ which he accomplished in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verses 19 and 20. It's possible that we don't realize that the same power that raised our Lord Jesus from the dead is at work in us. Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and that you would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. See, Paul is not speaking to unbelievers. These epistles are not written to unbelievers. They're not written. They're written to believers. Paul, an apostle to the saints at Ephesus, to the saints in Galatia, to the saints in Cappadocia, Peter, an apostle to the saints in Asia Minor, James to the brethren, the 12 tribes scattered abroad. These epistles, these letters are written to to the Corinthian believers, etc. And by extension, they're written to us who who constitute the the, uh, 21st century church. He says, my prayer is that you would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead, Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and if you will believe in your heart, the Bible says that God has raised him from the not metaphysically, not metaphorically, you know, not this Christ higher consciousness bodily. God bodily raised him from the dead and Jesus proved that he walked the earth for 40 days and and, and met with uh, uh, and, and, and was witnessed by about 500 brethren, met with the apostles, first met Mary Magdalene. She was the first one to see him after he was raised from the dead, ate with them just to prove it was a physical resurrection. Not a metaphysical, not a metaphorical, not a not a you know higher consciousness, Christ consciousness, all uh, that Carlton Pearson stuff that he's talking about, all that New Age terminology, he bodily, the Father bodily, Oops, literally, the Father literally, bodily raised Jesus from the dead. Watch this. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In the ancient world, when a king would visit another king, a visiting king would sit at the right hand Bye-bye. of the king he was visiting. There was a place of honor. So when when, when of honor, glory, prestige. So when the father raised Jesus from the dead, hallelujah to the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When the father raised Jesus from the dead, he seated him at his own right hand. The Bible says far above all prince glory to the lamb of God, the same principalities and powers that thought they had gotten rid of Jesus. Remember Pilate said, Don't you know that I have power to release you or power to crucify you? And Jesus said, you don't have any power over me unless it was given to you from above. But when God raised his dear son, Jesus, glory to the Lamb of God, when God raised him from the dead, the Bible says in verse 21, he raised him far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Not only in this world, but in the world, the word world here is the Greek word cosmos, but in the age to come. The Jews call it the messianic age. There's a messianic age to come. Not only in this world. See, some people believe in what's called the annihilation theory. When you're dead, you're dead. That's it. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. The Bible says not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Some Bibles might say the age to come. That's an accurate translation because the Greek word is cosmos in the age to come, right? Verse 22, it has put all things under his feet. Glory to the lamb of God. The same feet that were pierced for our transgressions, glory to the lamb of God, has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head. The father has exalted him, hallelujah. Oh God, God, why have you forsaken me? The father has exalted him and put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. Jesus is the only head of the church. Jesus is the only head. Jesus is the only head of the church. If the, if the Catholics want to, you know, have a Pope that's on them. Jesus, hallelujah to the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the head of the church. If other churches want to have a head of the church, Jesus, hallelujah, is the head of the church. I want the Pope. I want these other individuals to show me the marks in their hands. To show me the marks in their side. To show me the marks in their feet. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is the head of the church. Let me read that to you again as I close. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And, sat him at, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. If Jesus had been an imposter. If Jesus had been a bootleg preacher. If Jesus had been a fake prophet. The Greek word for fake is like pseudo. It's where we get the word pseudo, like a pseudonym is like a fake name, like an author might use one name when his name is really something else or her name is really something else. Right. So if you look up the Greek word for false, like false prophet, the word is pseudo. If Jesus had been a pseudo prophet, a false prophet, a bootleg preacher, God would have left him to rot in that Palestinian tomb. But the Bible says God raised him from the dead. Glory to the Lamb of God. When they came to the tomb. It was empty and there were two men sitting in there with with, with white suits on. (laughs) Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen just as he said he would. Hallelujah. Go and tell his disciples and Peter. Because Peter had to be restored. Go and tell his disciples and Peter. Meet him in Galilee. Glory to the Lamb of God. Set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world ah see too many people are just concentrating on this world and i know we got to live in this world but it says not only in this world but also in that which is to come the messianic age right it has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body you you've been born again. You are saved. you're a christian, you're in the body of christ You may be baptist you may be presbyterian methodist Episcopal pentecostal four square five square six square full of gospel You you may be church of christ church of, you know, uh, uh, uh hard rock uh, what, What's that called the, the primitive baptist a hard shell? You're the body of christ if you believe in our lord and savior jesus christ that he was crucified through weakness Through voluntary weakness, yet God raised him from the dead with power and glory. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, all power, hallelujah, not black power and certainly not white power. All power is in my hands in heaven and earth. Go and make disciples of all nations and teach them and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and teach them to observe all things that I have told you. Let me give you a couple scriptures here that God raised Jesus from the dead. Psalm 110 and one. The Lord said to my Lord, sit on your, sit, sit on my right hand. Hallelujah, glory to God. Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And if, 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 if they're Christ's enemies, then they're our enemies, right? Then there's Mark 16, 19. After Jesus had given commandments, he ascended back to heaven and was seated at the right hand of the father. Right. And then let me give you I want to read Philippians. You know, I told you I love Philippians chapter two. I want to read Philippians chapter two to you. Remember, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He, the Bible says even the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him. Let me read that to you. Let me start at verse five. Philippians two It's called the kenosis and the hypostatic union where Christ voluntarily gave up the outward trappings of his deity, of his Shekinah glory, and and tabernacled among us. The the word was made flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory. Hallelujah. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Glory to the Lamb of God. Let me start at verse five. Let this mind be in you, and then I'm done. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Those people, oh, Jesus never claimed to be. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Right? But made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant. Right? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. When you saw Jesus, he looked like a Jewish uh, man. Uh, First a carpenter's son, a carpenter himself. And then he looked like a rabbi. Oh, here comes Rabbi Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, hey, Jesus of Nazareth, how you doing today? Tell tell, 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 your, tell tell, your mama, Mary, and your daddy, Joseph. Tell them I said hello. Hope to see him at the synagogue on, on, on Sabbath. When we see him, Isaiah said, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Glory to the Lamb of God. He became flesh so that he might identify with our struggles, our fears, our shortcomings, our failings, which were in our many. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. He, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Father, take this cup from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He became obedient unto death, not just any death. Even the death of the cross, the cross invented by the Phoenicians and the Persians, perfected by the Romans, the cross, where our Lord Jesus took our sins, your sins, my sins, took our sins, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, took our sins upon himself was 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 hung between heaven and earth as though he were fit for neither, hung between two thieves. here this is Jesus, the giver. Hanging between two thieves, two takers. Glory to the Lamb of God. Jesus, the Prince of Life, being crucified instead of Barabbas, a murderer. Glory to the Lamb of God. What, 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 what manner of man is this? What manner of God do we serve? And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. Didn't Paul say that in, in in Ephesians? God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above, above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. God bless you, my beloved. That was Ephesians chapter 1. We are done with Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to pick up with Ephesians chapter 2 on, uh, Lord willing, on Thursday. Let me read, uh, let me read uh, blah, 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 verses 1 through 10 to you. I'm not going to teach today from it. Just let me read those verses to you. I've been in King James all morning. Let me do, let me do the New American Standard Bible, the NASB. Let me read Ephesians 2. 1 through 10 and then we will pray and then we will have a good day Ephesians 2 you were dead in your trespasses and sins this is the NASB in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience among them we we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, glory to the Lamb of God, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in christ jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves glory to god it's a gift of god it's completely a working of the holy spirit not of works not as a result of works so that no one may boast here's the last verse verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. So we'll pick up on Thursday, Lord willing, on Thursday at 8 p.m. We'll pick up with Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll see if we can get through those 10 verses at least. We'll see what, what happens. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. We praise you. We thank you just for the privilege of mentioning your name, the name of your dear son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Lord, who who triumphed over all principalities and power and might and dominion, made an open show of them. She triumphed over them openly, Lord God. And you exalted him and seated him at the, at the right hand of glory, Lord, at the right hand of, of the majesty on high. We thank you, Lord. And now he is our great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. I pray that I taught accurately, Lord. I pray that I taught in a way that would edify and build up your people. I pray that as a result of this preaching and teaching and preaching and teaching all over the world, I pray that there will be fruiting gifts of the Holy Spirit manifested according to your good, acceptable and perfect will. I pray, Lord, we continue to pray and rejoice in those churches who are being sustained in the midst of the pandemic. We praise you and thank you that you're sustaining them, Lord. We We pray that you'll continue to do so, that you'll continue to bless those leaders, those pastors, those shepherds, those bishops, Lord you you will continue to bless them to hold the flocks together not by their power not by their might but by your holy spirit o lord of hosts blessed be your name forever through jesus christ we pray that the unsaved will be saved and that the saved will be built up strengthened edified lord that we would all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of your dear son jesus under a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of jesus christ your dear son to whom be glory power majesty and dominion Both now and forever lord we pray for this country we pray lord that you would get glory out of what's going on in the streets lord god you would get glory not man not men not politics not political ideologies and ambitions we pray that your dear son jesus christ would be glorified through it all lord we pray that this is sincere reconciliation lord between black and white only you know and only only you're able to work it lord because only your holy spirit lord can touch the hearts of men from the king down to the slave in jesus name we bless you and we praise you we thank you we glorify you we magnify you we pray that your supernatural power would continue to move in the lives of many you said the heart of the king is in your hands like the rivers of living water you turn those hearts wherever you will we pray and we continue to pray that you would touch the hearts of men women and children O god by jesus christ thank you again for allowing us to pray unto you the only true and living god Blessed be your name forever. Kingdom, glory, might, dominion, power, majesty. Amen. God bless you, my beloved. We'll we'll see you, Lord willing, on Thursday at 8 p.m. We'll pick up with Ephesians chapter two. And again, if you get a chance, listen to my response to Candace Owens, uh, what she said about George Floyd. I, I did a um a response last night. And it's on YouTube, it's on my Facebook pages, and it's also on Anchor uh Podcasting. God bless you. You have a, uh, a beautiful rest of um, of this Sunday. Be careful. Uh, I know everybody's you know outside, et cetera. I've, I've even gotten to the thing now. I don't wear my mask everywhere I go. I admit it. Sometimes I'm, I don't wear my mask everywhere I go, but I do wear it in the supermarket. But there are a couple of times I, I don't have my mask on. I admit it. <laughs> okay. But, you know, we got to be careful because good old Corona is still out there. And what we don't want to see is as a result of all the protesting, et cetera, we don't want to see a big spike, uh, you know, eight weeks, a month, two months, three months down the road, et cetera. So let's all do better. I'm speaking to myself. It's just when it gets, you know, so hot out there and you got this mask on, it's it's hard to breathe. We're not even in the 90s yet, but we'll see what happens. God bless you, my beloved. Continue to uh, pray for me. Bathe me in prayer. Bathe me in prayer. Bathe me in prayer. God bless you, my beloved. You take care. All right. Bye-bye.